welcome to Barely Audible Whisper, a weekly NPR parody podcast in no way associated with NPR, brought to you in no part by the following parody sponsors. The Nancy Pelosi School of Medical Fat Shaming and Clinical Shade Throwing. Because calling the president morbidly obese is technically accurate and medically relevant, but we know she meant fat ass. The Trump supporter Glass House for the clinically not self-aware, where Speaker Pelosi calling President Trump fat is an outrage, but President Trump's Twitter feed is just Trump telling it like it is. And Kenyan-born secret Muslim communist terrorist Barack Obama has no right to call incompetency incompetent. In the liberal conundrum of President Trump's obesity, if fat shaming is wrong but Trump shaming is right, how can we keep getting away with calling Trump's fat ass a fat ass? I am Dave. And I am Molly. And our voices lack in volume what both the liberal rationalization for fat-shaming Trump and Trump's fat belly lack in tone and definition. Our top story this week. As America begins to reopen, controversies about wearing masks have exploded into national protests and in some cases violence and verbal abuse inside stores. As Americans struggle to balance safety concerns, economic necessity, and a desire for normalcy, it is important that we establish new rules and new habits as we transition to the new normal. Given the ferocity with which issues such as mask wearing are being fought, Barely Audible Whisper decided to call on our etiquette expert, Karen White, to calmly and politely advise us on the new etiquette of the new normal. Hello, I'm Barely Audible Whisper etiquette expert Karen White, and while I am a white woman named Karen, I am not a quote Karen. Calling a quote Karen a quote Karen is offensive to those of us named Karen who are not quote Karens. The proper term for a quote Karen is bitch. But I thought the word bitch was demeaning to women. Bitch, as it refers to all women, is as demeaning to women as, quote, Karen is demeaning to all Karens. And bitch, as it refers to, quote, assertive women, is as dismissive of women as a gender as, quote, Karen is dismissive of Karen as a name. But bitch is actually accurate when referring to a, quote, Karen, because, quote, Karen has come to mean what bitch originally meant. So a bitch is just a female asshole? Yes, a bitch is just an asshole, and Karen is just a name. Which brings us to mask etiquette. Ow! If you don't wear a mask in public, you put other people's lives in danger, which makes you an asshole. And if you're such an asshole that you harass mask wearers and verbally abuse grocery store employees like an entitled bitch, then you're a bitch-ass asshole. I hate those asshole bitches. Of course you do. They've turned a public health crisis into a petty culture war issue, but this isn't an etiquette class for them. Because honestly, what would be the point? In this etiquette class, you will learn the proper etiquette for dealing with bitch-ass assholes like this one. You can't make me wear a mask. This is a free country. Wow, what a Karen. I mean, what a bitch. Or... Do I mean asshole? Wake up, sheeple! Wearing a mask is communism. What's next? Internment camps? Communism? Internment camps? Are you out of your mind, bitch hole? I combine those two terms. I hope that's okay. 
Of course. You're right to be upset. Not only is this asshole being selfish by refusing to protect other people from the potential of spreading a deadly virus by not wearing a mask, but by being needlessly hostile, aggressively confrontational, and hysterically hyperbolic about her selfish choice, she's being a bitch-ass asshole. Just like a... I wasn't going to say Karen. I was going to say... I'll shut up. Masks are slavery. What is your problem, you bitch old ass? Do you see what you did wrong there? I cursed in the wrong order. The problem is that you cursed at all. Remember, just because you're being confronted with a bitch-ass asshole doesn't mean you have to reduce yourself to becoming a bitch-ass asshole. Try disarming the bitch-ass asshole with calmness and reason. I refuse to sacrifice my liberty to accommodate your fear. I'm not wearing a mask because I'm afraid of catching the virus. I'm wearing a mask because I don't want to unknowingly spread the virus. Good. Is See, isn't that better? Shut up, you Gestapo bitch! I'm not falling for your propaganda. You know, you really should wear a mask in public. The science is pretty clear. Science is an Obama conspiracy to kill Jesus. That when combined with responsible social distancing measures... You can't believe everything they tell you in the lamestream media. Widespread public mask use can significantly reduce the spread of the virus. You just hate Trump. Excuse me, Karen. I hate to be a quote Karen about this, but this seems like a good time to call the manager. As a Karen who is not a quote Karen, I prefer not to call the cops or speak to the manager. Besides, we've all seen the video of what happens when these bitch-ass assholes are confronted with authority. I'm, I'm sorry, but our store policy requires all customers to wear masks. I stand united with Trump against the tyranny of minor inconvenience. With all due respect to your personal beliefs, I have to enforce the company policy. Costco is Hitler. Death to warehouse bulk purchases. Give me liberty or give me a case of two dozen oversized can of baked beans. I'm grossly underpaid. So how do we convince these whole-ass bitches to show enough basic human decency to not put a temporary inconvenience above the lives of thousands of their fellow citizens? Oh, we can't. They already won by forcing the economy open too soon. And not only will thousands of people die unnecessarily from their short-sighted selfishness, but they won't even wear a mask to prevent even more unnecessary suffering. I hate them. So then why do you teach an etiquette class on how to be nice to them? Because I'm a Karen. Not a quote Karen, but a woman named Karen who has struggled for years or months or however long that dumb Karen cliche has been popular amongst not funny people trying desperately to be funny by repeating a thing they heard a funny person say. And as a Karen on a crusade against quote Karen, I have myself become a quote Karen in my passionate protestations against the use of quote Karen. So adamantly, I argued my anti quote Karen position that I became the very quote Karen that I oppose. 
I know all too well the dangers of becoming so consumed by hatred that you become what you hate. And just as I've struggled to contain my inner quote Karen as I oppose the quote Karen cliche, I struggle to contain my inner bitch-ass asshole as I oppose these bitch-ass assholes. We must develop a new etiquette for engaging the humanity of even the most inhumane idiots among us, or we risk being infected with the same inhumanity that allows them not to care about the infected. Hatred begets hatred. Karens beget Karens. And this Karen refuses to let those quote Karens beget another quote Karen. I need a water. Our older listeners may recall that President Trump was impeached for corruptly using his office to try and force the Ukrainian government to take actions that benefited his personal political re-election ambitions in exchange for congressionally approved aid money ten years ago. That happened in December? It's only been five months. Five months? Really? Yep. Seems like so much longer. That's because President Trump is the first world leader since Pope Gregory, whose abuse of power is so pervasive that he has literally altered the concept of time. Anyway, the point is he's doing it again, but this time he's doing it to the American states of Michigan and Nevada. As always, our Trump impersonator is a woman, because we hear he hates that. I'm not going to give Michigan any money, because they want to vote by mail, and the mail hates Trump. For more on this story, Barely Audible Whisper turns to our Told You So correspondent, Stanford Law Professor Pamela Carlin, who told us so in her impeachment testimony, where she asked, quote, What would we think if Trump dangled federal disaster aid as leverage to force a governor to do his political bidding? In other words, I told you so. Michigan is illegally sending Trump-hating mail-in ballots ahead of the election, which is illegal because the mail is a Democrat. This week, President Trump actually threatened to cut off federal funding in the midst of a pandemic to the states of Michigan and Nevada if those states did not reverse their decisions to allow statewide mail-in voting, which would allow voters to safely cast their ballots without having to risk spreading or contracting coronavirus by showing up at a crowded polling place in person. Mail-in voting is very unfair to me because the Democrats harvest the ballots at Democrat mail-in ballot harvesting farms. While so-called ballot harvesting sounds scary. (laughs) I shall reap the harvest of ballots I have grown in my laboratory by mixing the DNA of Hillary Rodham Clinton with the captured, undead soul of a corrupt union boss who was once bribed by Joseph... Kennedy! (laughs) Ballot harvesting is actually a rare and easily preventable form of voter fraud, in which political operatives trick voters into giving them their ballots rather than mailing the ballots in themselves. The operatives then either discard or sometimes even change any votes against the candidate. As happened recently in a North Carolina election, 
where the Republican candidate employed operatives to throw out absentee ballots intended to be cast for his opponent. Why, thank you, kind stranger, for showing up at this predominantly democratic retirement home and randomly volunteering to collect on mail-in all of our mail-in ballots. And thank you for being too senile to recognize that this is very suspicious. You're kind for a squirrel. Such abuse of the process can be easily thwarted by simply restricting who is allowed to turn in people's ballots. Fake news. The Democrats are rigging the election because they want to rig where more people can vote, but voters are very unfairly rigged against Trump. While significant data exists that Democrats do better in elections with higher voter turnout, Voting is rigged against Trump. The evidence is also clear that voting by mail does not advantage or disadvantage one political party over another. Evidence is fake news. However, as disturbing as President Trump's insistence that fair elections are rigged against him. Fairness is very unfair to me. So the only way to make fairness more fair to me is to make fairness unfairly more than fair for me. It is even more disturbing and more corrupt that the president would withhold federal emergency relief in order to force states to enact policies that serve his personal political ambitions. Mr. President, our state needs the congressionally approved federal disaster relief money that we are entitled to as a matter of law. I need you to do me a favor though. I told you so. Mr. President, you can't deny people the right to vote by forcing them to knowingly put themselves and others in danger by voting in person when there's a perfectly viable and safer option available to them. It's anti-democratic. Told you so. Anti-democratic means against Democrats because the word Democrat is the same as the word democracy. So democracy is a Democrat hoax. No, the word democracy means... Democracy hates Trump because three million democracies voted illegally against Trump because I really won the popular vote, but the mail and the voters are rigged against Trump. But Mr. President... Trump is president for life. That may seem a bit far-fetched right now. But so did the idea that Trump would dangle federal disaster aid as leverage to force a governor to do his political bidding. When I mentioned it at his impeachment hearing 10 years ago. It's only been five months. President Trump is actually so corrupt. He has managed to manipulate the concept of time. Don't make me come back here 10 years from now, this November, and say, I told you so again. Kevin Hassett, 
The former chair of President Trump's Council of Economic Advisers created a coronavirus projection model, which was apparently relied on heavily by the Trump administration to justify their reopening decisions, which predicted that the number of coronavirus deaths would fall to zero by the middle of May. The model, which the White House used to dismiss the actually realistic projections made by actual scientific modeling, was created by randomly applying a Microsoft Excel function. What the fuck? As it turns out, the entire basis of the highly relied on Trump administration projection model was the random and completely meaningless application of Excel's cubic graphing function. What the fuck? For a deeper look at this... What the fuck? ...story that is so what the fuck that our what the fuck correspondent couldn't wait to say... What the fuck? Barely out of a whisper turns to our what the fuck correspondent for another segment of what the fuck. What the fuck is going on here? Um, imagine that you wanted to predict future probabilities based on current information. The best available data indicates that the best available method for producing such projections is to apply the currently available data to reasonable assumptions about future behavior. The worst method is to randomly apply a meaningless mathematical function. Obviously. Say you wanted to calculate your business annual profit projections for a given quarter based on quarterly trend lines, but then you just randomly decided that your sales will double every three days. The best available data indicates that while randomly multiplying by two every three days might look good, it will actually cause terrible results because your decision-making process will be based on imaginary data. What kind of idiot would base their business decisions on a forecasting model that randomly assigns impossibly optimistic values to the numbers that determine the outcome of their forecast? The best available data indicates it's precisely the kind of idiot that goes bankrupt six times. So the decision-making process of the President of the United States of America regarding the life and death decisions about when and how to reopen the economy were entirely based on... Some economists randomly pressing the cubic function on an Excel spreadsheet. What the fuck? The best available data indicates that the what the fuck is precisely that we are completely fucked because the President doesn't give a fuck about the best available data. Why the fuck? I know the segment is called What the Fuck, uh, but having established what the fuck, it's reasonable to ask why the fuck. The best available data indicates that what the fuck is a more common Trump era question than why the fuck. So what the fuck is a statistically valid name for this segment. What the fuck. Precisely. The fuck of it is that the White House was using this what the fuck projection model internally before the Washington Post broke the story about it. I get why they would publicly release what the fuck projections to justify their what the fuck decisions, but why the fuck would they rely on the what the fuck projections that they knew were fucked? Hello! In order to understand why the fuck, the what the fuck is happening, uh, one must remember that the president is what, in psychological terms, is referred to as a clinically full of shit. That was world-renowned German psychologist Dr. Eva von Gergen von Sergen von Schnitzel. Close enough. When someone such as President Trump becomes too filled with the shit, they often lose the ability to distinguish between the truth and the shit. What the fuck? 
when one begins to engage in shit spreading behavior one is aware of the facts that uh, what they are spreading is shit however when one spreads so much shit that they are spreading nothing but shit then eventually they lose the ability to distinguish between what is shit and what is not shit Therefore, unable to determine what is shit and what is not shit, they eventually began to believe their own shit. So you're saying that the why the fuck that explains President Trump making what the fuck decisions based on full of shit projection models is, is that he's too full of shit to recognize the full extent of full shitness infecting the what the fuck information that informs his what the fuck decision making process creating so much what the fuckness that he inevitably produces what the fucking shit? Precisely. Yeah. What the fuck? Our home state of Georgia has once again made national news for terrible reasons. This time it was the shooting of Ahmad Arbery while he was jogging. Arbery was killed by Travis McMichael and his father Gregory, who is well connected to law enforcement and prosecutors in the area. As more and more information has come out about this shooting and the events leading up to it, it has been harder and harder for the white people in power to justify the McMichael's actions, but they damn sure tried. As a result, two months passed between the day of the murder and the day the McMichaels were arrested. We obtained audio footage of how they passed those two months safe in their homes. Wow, Dad. I shot a guy, and now we're just sitting at home like nothing happened. Well, I told you, son, I know these people. They have our backs. I mean, I, I knew we'd go free eventually, but I thought we'd have to, like, go down to the police office. It was a it. clear case of self-defense. He grabbed a gun. You were pointing at him. Well, it's natural you felt threatened. I'm going to look online and see if people are calling us heroes. Uh-oh. What? Uh, looks like a lot of people think we should be arrested. Why? Well, you told them about all the break-ins in the area lately. Uh, yeah, it turns out it was pretty easy to look into that. Uh, the only crime reported in our neighborhood was that time my pistol went missing from my unlocked truck. Damn fact-checkers. Socialist public records. That? Maybe we should, like, run away to one of the Mexicos or something? Look, look, look. This is going to Jackie Johnson's office. I worked with her for years. <laughs> We're gonna be fine. Uh-oh. District Attorney Jackie Johnson has recused herself from the case due to a conflict of interest. Well, shit. Well, I guess we'll see who they appoint to take over. It's a new day. So it is. Morning, Dad. Guess what? They named George Barnhill to take over the case. Oh, <laughs> why, his son works for Jackie. He's a good old boy. Hell, we might be in better hands with Barnhill. The day after the shooting, he said, on record, he didn't think we should be arrested. I guess I can delete Duolingo now, huh? I, do I downloaded it to learn Mexican in case we needed to move down to Brazil or something. And they didn't have Mexican as one of the options, though. We are not moving to Brazil or any of the other Mexicos. I told you, we're white men, and we're going to be fine. Dad, 
You know how we asked Roddy Bryant to follow us and help us with our citizen's arrest and all that? Yeah. Do you know he was filming? Oh. Yeah, the video went public. Kind of looks like we murdered him. Well, shit. Flights to South America are real cheap right now with the coronavirus and all. Listen, listen. (laughs) Son, we're white men in a state with a Republican attorney general. We're going to be fine. Uh-oh. Attorney General Chris Carr says he's sickened by video of Arbery shooting. Well, shit. But the, but, but the state governor is Brian Kemp. He's a gun nut who shut down black polling places. He'll be on our side, right, Dad? Right, right. We're going to be fine. Uh-oh. Uh, Brian Kemp calls video horrific and demands probe in the handling of case. Well, shit. Still, we're in Trump's America. We're going to be fine. Uh-oh. Trump says Arbery looks like a really good young guy and that it's a disturbing situation. Police, I have a warrant for the arrest of Gregory and Travis McMichael. Well, shit. Oh, we should have gone to one of the Mexicos. Yeah, Barnhill's got our back. We're gonna be fine. Oh, no. Uh, Barnhill's been taken off the case. Uh, They realize that you and his son have worked together, including one time prosecuting Arbery. Well... Shit. Uh, who's going to be the prosecutor then? That'd be the DA out of Cobb County. Cobb County? Oh, oh that's way too near Atlanta. It can't be good. What's this DA's name? Holmes. Joyette Holmes. Joyette. Mm. Well, she's either a really southern white lady or... Oh, she's the first African-American woman to serve as the Cobb County Attorney General. Well, shit. We're not going to be fine. It's all right, Dad. I'm going to parse us out of jail. I don't want any part of your parsing. Good news out of Barely Audible Whispers, home state of Georgia, where despite predictions that a premature opening would cause our infection numbers to spike, the state's new infection numbers are actually declining. That's because they were publishing misleading information. Bad news out of Georgia, where Governor Brian Kemp was forced to apologize for releasing a graph that deceptively showed the state's infection rate was in dramatic decline. In reality, the dates on the graph had been arranged completely out of chronological order, with days in May coming before days in April, for example. So, even though it looked like the numbers were consistently going down over time, the part of the graph that usually represents time was in no way reflective of time. And then they got caught cheating again. In the week following the timeline, whose line was purposely drawn not to represent time, the state of Georgia was also forced to change their official number of confirmed coronavirus cases because they included antibody testing, which are completely separate from coronavirus tests, in their tally of coronavirus tests. Also, they changed the way they count positive cases for no apparent reason. 
After having established complete distrust over their ability to handle data, the state decided to overcomplicate the process of reporting positive cases by changing the date that they consider a positive result to be a positive result based on when a patient shows symptoms. For more on the data manipulation being carried out by George's governor, Barely Audible Whisper turns to our Southern Aristocracy correspondent, Mint Julep. Why, I do declare, poor old Georgia Governor Brian Kemp sure has made a mess of things. Bless his dumb governor heart. My, my approach to reopening the state was data-driven. Well, yes. If by data you mean a bunch of hocus-pocus and hooey, all three of our regular listeners, bless all three of them listening to our nonsense hearts, may remember that we covered poor old dumb Governor Kemp's remarkable idiocy when after everyone in the world had known for two months that coronavirus can be carried and transmitted by asymptomatic carriers, poor old damn witty Governor Kemp said he had just learned that information yesterday and he described it as a quote game changer well not three weeks after poor old feeble-minded governor kemp newly discovered the two-month-old game changer that led him to finally close the state poor old i can't believe he ties his own necktie without choking to death governor kemp changed the game again even though nothing had changed and he made georgia the first state in the country to reopen game changer Bless. The scientists, bless their cardiovascular organ, predicted that reopening the state before the state met any of the guidelines for safely reopening a state would cause the infection rates in the state to spike. By scaling back social distancing and reopening businesses that require people to come in contact with one another, a rise in infection rate is practically inevitable. What do a bunch of scientists know about science anyway? Well, much to everyone's surprise, the data seem to suggest that poor old, I worry that he's a gun enthusiast because I can imagine he knows which end of the weapon to point where Governor Kemp was right. A game changer? Well, yes. But then, much to no one's surprise, it turned out that poor old voter-suppressing, election-rigging Governor Kemp manipulated the numbers. <gasps> Why, I never. If you look at the line on the graph, it goes consistently downward, which, if the days were in chronological order like you'd expect them to be, would indicate our curve is going down. So please, look at the lines. Do not check any of the dates. I I noticed that the dates on the x-axis are completely out of chronological order, which makes the appearance that your curve is going down completely misleading, if actually inaccurate. Oops. Uh, also, your numbers tracking COVID-19 cases are mixed in with the results from antibody testing, which measure completely different things for completely different reasons. Oops. Also, uh, your method of changing the dates on which a positive coronavirus test is counted as a new case serves no epidemiological purpose. Maybe not, but it makes the information more confusing and harder for people to understand. Plus, because the numbers are always in flux, it means that every report of the number of cases is subject to change, <laughs> which makes it impossible to analyze accurately. Those are all scientifically disadvantageous drawbacks to your method. Take that, scientist. 
So now, the good people of Georgia are left to decipher a deliberately confusing and much more easily manipulated system for reporting coronavirus numbers given to them by a local government that's already cried wolf twice. <laughs> Game changer. Never knew how much that muddy water meant to me. President Trump continues to favor hydroxychloroquine, and now that COVID-19 has infected members of the White House, he has begun to take it as a preventative, despite the fact that... The trial promoting its use was a sham? That, and... Other trials since have been proven to be ineffective? Well, yes, and... People taking it for COVID-19 are making it harder for people who need the drug for arthritis or lupus or malaria to get the medication they need? Yes, that is... Awful. And... Trump's promotion of it was clearly financially motivated? Rule of threes, Molly. And other drugs have since been discovered to be more effective against the coronavirus? Yes, yes, all that. But what I was going to say is... These side effects are dangerous and potentially fatal. Oh, that. We obtained audio of President Trump's consultation with his doctor. As always, our Trump impersonator is still a woman. Because we hear he still hates that. Dr. Conti... Dr. Conti. It's Dr. Conley, Mr. President. Stephen Miller's secretary, who is also Mike Pence's press wife, has the China virus. I think you have that backwards. Fine. The China virus has her. I can't get the China virus. I need you to give me something. So far, you've tested negative, Mr. President. As, well, as we've discussed before, negative is good. I know that. I am not a baby, Dr. Coffee. It's Conley. I need you to give me hydroxychloroquine. That he pronounces correctly. Uh, what did you say, Dr. Conway Twitty? Nothing. Look, I'll, I'll prescribe it to you if you want, but you should know it won't work. It had a 100% success rate among patients it succeeded on. Mr. President. A hundred is not as good as a billion percent, but I'll take my chances. Give me hydroxychloroquine. Mr. President, you know well that I'll prescribe to you any damn thing you like, but I saw what happened to Michael Jackson's doctor, so I just need you to pretend to listen to me while I read off potential side effects. Sure thing, Dr. Constantinople. Uh, there is some worry that it could lead to an irregular heartbeat or heart failure. That's fine. Many people are saying I have no heart, which means I'm not weak. Hydroxychloroquine can reduce your appetite. The China virus has MSG, which means you're hungry again right after you get it. That's why I only eat Big Macs. Reduced appetite probably wouldn't be so bad for you. You said I'm in excellent physical shape. You fire any doctor who says you're not. <clears throat> there are also very common headaches. You know who causes headaches? Rachel Maddow. She's a very nasty woman. There can be blurred vision. Like when you watch an eclipse and for the rest of your life after that? I told you, wear the glasses. <sighs> and finally, there can be psychiatric side effects. 
I'll be fine. I have the best brain. Such as emotional ability? I don't have an emotional labia. You're the emotional labia. Such as sudden moon swings? <laughs> why don't you love me, Daddy? Why, Daddy, why? Sudden bouts of euphoria? Have you seen the Space Force flag? It's my favorite thing in the world. God bless my Space Force flag. Flag that I love. And other behaviors and emotions of inappropriately high intensity. No president has ever been treated as unfairly as I have. I need a bedtime story. Someone call Sean Hannity. I am not a baby. And I worry that if you start having these negative responses to the drug, no one will be able to tell. So, can I have the hydroxychloroquine now? Sure. Here's your prescription. I've done my due diligence. Now, if this kills you, I won't feel bad. But you'll be sad that I'm dead. Right, Dr. Kofefe? Hmm? Oh, look at the time. But you, you would miss me, right, Dr. Corn Beef? <laughs> Doctor, why don't, why don't you love me? Why, why, why Dr. Corgi, why? Thank you for listening to Barely Audible Whisper, made possible by the following people, writer, co-host, and producer, Dave Baldwin, co-host, Molly Brown, writer and actor, Daniel Carter-Brown, actors, Michael Morgan, Ali Glonick, and Corey Burns. Please subscribe to us wherever you subscribe to your podcast, follow us on our social media, check out our website, barelyaudiblewhisper.com, and tell all your friends how funny you think we are. We appreciate your support. Scientifically disadvantageous. Say it again. Humorous! <laughs>